Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs, welcome to the Odd and Off Beat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever curmudgeon Louis Fox. That's right. I yell at kids to get off my lawn all day. <laughs> you, you, we were just talking about uh, the Batman movies, and you were like, I, I'm not into the Batman movies. <laughs> I'm not into the Batman story or Spider-Man. I don't know Wait, why. Wait, why don't you like those stories? I don't like b- the Batman as a superhero, but I like the idea that there's a rich person who's using their money to make their city better. Oh, instead of trying to take over the world or put other rich people into space. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> well, because I like the thing with Batman is like they everyone calls him a superhero, but it's like, how is he a superhero? He has zero super ability. It's like you can see him walk in and like he sits down at a table. There's like Superman, the Hulk. There's like, <laughs> you know, Aquaman. They're like, what well, can you do, Superman? They're like, I can fly th- through the world backwards and I can shoot rays out of my eyeballs. Like, what can you do, Hulk? I have super strength. I can jump super far. What can you do, Batman? I got like a great trust fund. <laughs> I'm good at investing. <laughs> My daddy gave me a bunch of money. <laughs> well, but then Iron Man, same same character. He had crazy intelligence, though. Yeah, I think you could argue that Batman has crazy intelligence, too, though. Uh, he has other people invent his stuff for him. Does he? Like who? He's not uh, like James Bond. You gotta see the movies. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not gonna explain <laughs> it all to you right now. It would answer so many questions. I'm just saying, watch the one with Heath Ledger, like The Dark Knight that Christopher Nolan did. That okay. is like, I've never met anybody that didn't like that movie. All right. Maybe yeah. I'll give it a try. Probably won't. There's so many other things I've gotta watch. Like? Uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> The whole I gotta binge watch that bad boy. <laughs> okay, then Batman Dark. Yeah, that makes sense. You gotta prioritize. I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta kind of ease myself into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> so we're recording this uh, before you head out to New York for New Year's. Mm-hmm. So uh, and before so, you head out to the Caribbean for Christmas. Yeah, where do you think you are gonna be when you ring in the new 2022? I'll be in Winchester, Virginia in a hotel room. <laughs> so, yo, you're doing, oh yeah, that's what you said. You're doing shows out in Virginia. Yeah. Where will you be? <laughs> We're going to be in uh, Dallas. I don't know exactly where we'll be. Probably at uh, Erica's dad's house drinking mm. some sort of expensive wine or whiskey. Ooh. Um, yeah. I don't know. The last, tw- tw- so 2019, 2018 to 2019 and 2019 to 2020, we were in Eric and I were in Belize, Ooh. and then 2020 to 2021, I don't even remember where we were. I think you were at home. Yeah, yeah, I guess we were at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, honestly, like, New Year's, I've never really done anything that was, like, super crazy. You know, one year when it was uh, 99 to Y2K, I went to Arches National Park and watched the sunrise at Delicate Arch. That's probably like the coolest thing I've ever done. Has you done anything cool for New Year's? No, just kind of hang out. I mean, I've done shows here and there. 
But uh, yeah, no, nothing super cool. I did a New Year's show where like a guy died in the middle of my show. Oh, that's cool. Uh, at the, um, it used to be the Masonic Theater in Tacoma, Washington. Uh huh. I think it, Temple Theater is what it's oh, called. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great theater. So there was just a commotion and I'm on stage and you can't see anything. It's all black. So I just hear noises. So I start like heckler lining, yeah. whatever's going on. And the booker runs on stage and he goes, you need to stop. And then the house lights come up and the medics are doing like CPR. Oh on the no. <laughs> Jeez. Louie. I was like, oh, <laughs> so you didn't that... hear people coming in like no no one was like hey someone's dying <laughs> man Louis. it was great and then later like the i got heard the pa caught on fire uh the dj didn't get paid the other comic didn't get paid the guy paid me in cash and like was that $1 the tacoma bills. first night no no it was uh an independent producer put it on oh yeah so it was a good time it was probably well, you my... and i have done shows together on new year's in spokane back in the day oh yeah and, you know i did that f- show for years and it was like the show would end at like it was supposed to go from like 11 to eleven fifty, but like at about eleven forty, people started peeling off to go yeah. out to like see the fireworks or whatever and so midnight would come and you're just the show's done and you're just packing your stuff up when it's like bringing the new year's like this sucks well that's like the winchester gig the first year i did it they gave me that 11 to 11 55 shit it's the worst man and and then the next each year i do it i get a better spot oh that's nice yeah like the best we trust that you're good we're gonna give you the seven o'clock spot yeah (laughs) all right louis let's get to some stories let's do it This story comes from OregonLive.com. That's a news source more reliable than OregonDeceased.org. <laughs> it would be a nonprofit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ain't making no money. Come on. <laughs> They're dead. What do they need it for? Yeah, find out what, you know, who died in the, on the Oregon Trail. and uh, you know <laughs> How many zombie bucks do they need? <laughs> it's just old settlers. Jedediah had diphtheria. <laughs> All right, uh, this was sent to us by uh, two of my friends, actually, and one of your friends, my friend Daphne Neville, and our good friend Marcus Wilson both sent us this story. So it has been going around. It says, friendly foul-mouthed crow befriends entire Oregon elementary school before state police are called in. I like how the state police are called in. Is it because the crow is black? Yeah, if it was a white crow, they wouldn't have called him in. <laughs> they would have brought in a social worker. They're like, he just got mental problems. A friendly of somewhat foul-mouthed crow became a temporary mascot at Allendale Elementary School in November when the bird took up residence at the Grants Pass School. I love that they keep saying foul mouth. Like the one person who wrote this is like, this is my pun. This is where I'm going to die on this hill. I love how it says like taking up residence. Like it's some sort of like artist who is working there for the month. (laughs) Teaching the kids foul language. (laughs) We all know crows are the sailors of the avian world. (laughs) This crow showed up at our school just out of the blue one morning, said Naomi email an education assistant at Alan Dale over the phone on Thursday. I like how they're surprised a crow showed up at a place in the Northwest. Like, we don't 
don't have crows here. <laughs> like, if, it, if it was like a toucan, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> it began looking into classrooms, Emel said, and pecking on doors. At one point, it made its way into a fifth grade classroom where it helped itself to some snacks, she said. Emel said the bird wasn't aggressive at all and seemed to love the kids. It landed on some people's heads, she said. Shit, it pooped on some kids, giving one kid a nickname for life. Shithead. <laughs> and she added, it spoke. The bird could say, what's up, and I'm fine, and a lot of swear words. <laughs> like how it's got sup, is cool, and bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's better than come to my cabin, or kids are delicious. <laughs> I've got candy in the van. <laughs> it was like a parrot, email said. It was the weirdest thing. Still, because it was a wild animal that wouldn't leave, this school called animal control. Once again, I think this is speciest. If it was a uh, human, they'd be like in jail. The SWAT team would kick down the door. But if, you know, if a crow eats your snacks, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess if a random human showed up at a school and started sitting on kids' heads, that might be a problem, Louie. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that species. I mean, I think if a bear did that, there'd be a problem pretty quick. <laughs> it was quite the production, Emel said. Animal Control came out and decided it was not in their jurisdiction to catch the crow. That is the best, like, excuse for, like, people in law enforcement or whatever, like, rule enforcement. I'd be like, not my jurisdiction. They'd be like, you're a traffic cop. That guy was speeding. <laughs> Four-wheel drive. I only do two-wheel. That's all, all I'm certified on. <laughs> yeah, right? That is a little weird. Like, why wouldn't the crow be within their jurisdiction? Yeah. Uh, then it... Oh, because maybe they just get domestic animals as opposed to... But then you got to check. You're like, you're like, is that dog how much domestic? Cats really aren't domesticated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they called the wildlife officer who came out from Oregon State Police... That officer was able to feed it from his hand, email said. They didn't want to net it because if they missed, it would remember. Yeah, uh, crows are also the elephant of the uh, avian world. They do have memories. Like I had some run-ins with some crows at our house for a while, and they definitely remember in my face. <laughs> they remember. That crow's seen some stuff. He's got scars you can't see. <laughs> According to email, all the grades came out to witness the attempted capture of the talkative crow. The crows seemed to enjoy the attention, playfully chasing kids around the track, she said. We thought it would fly away, but it didn't, Emel added. The kids were like magnets. Ultimately, the wildlife trooper was unable to capture the crow who spent the night of November 29th outside the school. Oh, out in the cold, too. Yeah, that's, that's a little messed up. Yeah. It turns out talking crows aren't just something out of an Edgar Allan Poe poem. And this crow, or possibly and more in line with Poe Raven, knows at least 40 words. So... At the Point Defiant Zoo here in Tacoma, there used to be a raven that would talk. It was pretty oh, really? cool. Like, I didn't realize they talked. I mean, it just it just didn't click. They can like, remember faces and learn to talk, man. <laughs> True. Yeah, didn't you see the crow and the uh, spelling bee? <laughs> he beat that <laughs> Indian play. kid. <laughs> Took fourth place. Uh, he knows a lot of words. I'm not going to lie, said Daphne Culprin on Thursday. His vocabulary has expanded quite a bit in the last few weeks. He can spell onomatopoeia now. <laughs> He knows the differences between there, there, and there. He can do long division. <laughs> Culprin knows a good deal about the crow, or possibly raven, who also may be female. I love how they might know a lot about it, but they don't know what it is. Yeah, they're like, this may be a crow, maybe female, maybe it's vegan. <laughs> 
she knows because her mother rescued the bird about two years ago when it was a baby, bringing it home to the family's farm in Williams from a shelter and naming it Cosmo. Oh, Cosmo the Crow. That's, see, it should have been Randy the Raven. The family has dogs, including a mastiff named Tonka Truck, Culprin said. Cosmo will say, Tonka, you come outside, or he'll say, dogs out, she said. Sometimes he, says, he, he goes, who let the dogs out? <laughs> Sometimes he does use profanity, Culprin added. This is amazing. Like, this crow speaks, like, three languages. So Why is that? My crow speaks Spanish and Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> Why is it, though, that all the birds are drawn to swear words? You never hear, like, a bird that does, like, Bible verses. They're all like, F you. Corinthians 3.16 states, (laughs) Heavenly Father flew in. You you never hear about that. I think it's because when people are using swear words, there's probably fun intonations that they can catch on, right? There's like emotion behind it usually. So it's probably, probably they understand that, you know, it's maybe out of anger or frustration. I don't know. Yeah, I think, though, that when when the crow starts going through Galatians, I think that invokes (laughs) so much. There's a daycare in the neighborhood, and Cosmo loves kids, Culprin said. As soon as he found out what time the kids got there, she said he'd go over there and hang out. Yeah, he'd play play, uh, Blackbird for the kids. (laughs) (laughs) On movie night, you don't want him because he only puts in the DVD of the crow. (laughs) Shattuck is a rescuer of animals, but Cosmo is extra special to her. She considers him a free bird but also has a close attachment to him. And so when he disappeared after she came back from an out-of-town Thanksgiving, she was devastated, she said. He's like a person, not a bird. She Well, yeah, you leave a key for him. You give him the door code. You don't just leave him out. You're like, I'm going to ghost you for four days and expect you to come yeah, back. Yeah, you got to tell. The guy speaks 50 words. You can't tell him you're leaving. You'd be <laughs> like, hey, we'll be back next week. Yeah, he'll know. And he'll like, he's like, F you. Yeah. <laughs> F you. <laughs> At first, Shatek was concerned that Cosmo had been killed. It seems that while some neighbors loved Cosmo as much as Shatek and Culprin, not everyone was quite as thrilled with the talking bird. Cosmo isn't aggressive. Everyone involved with him agreed, but said Culprin, if people are scared of Cosmo, he finds that a little funny. He'll, he, just, he'll, he just laughs at people with a phobia. <laughs> He will get obnoxious, she added, saying he likes to tease people. While the family was gone for Thanksgiving, they said a neighbor captured the bird and took him to a local animal sanctuary. The sanctuary, not realizing he was habituated to humans, released him, likely in Grant's Pass. I like how they don't know where the the wildlife sanctuary released. They don't keep records. Well, it's weird that a neighbor would capture him and not realize it was this person's, right? Sounds like everyone sort of knew the who Cosmo was. Yeah. Cosmo would sit on top of Planet Fitness talking to people who were going in, Jatek said. He was looking for me. I like how he's he's just like the personal trainer. One more set, feel the burn. <laughs> when people are coming in, he's like, you're wasting your money. <laughs> more leg day. <laughs> What'd you eat this morning? Ice cream? Cosmo made it back, and Culprin thinks he's happy to be home. He hasn't been back to visit the neighbors who captured him. Of course not. He remembers. <laughs> but while the story of Cosmo, the talking crow, or Raven, his or her family is sweet, Oregon State Police would rather you don't take the wrong inspiration from it. We don't want people making pets out of wild animals, said OSP spokesperson Stephanie Bigman. If they had contained this bird, it would have been a offense. 
For now, though, Cosmo is free and back home, and the children of Allendale have a story to tell this holiday season that no one is going to believe. Yes, it's a story of how I got salmonella from a a crow that swears. (laughs) How a bird chewed up its food and fed me like it was his baby. (laughs) And then stole stole my Doritos. Uh, I think that the uh, Oregon police is a little ridiculous for sort of coming out and being like, they shouldn't have done this. It's like, this is a great, this is awesome, man. Yeah. They saved this bird and then uh, they gave it a home and taught it words. And now it's a, now it's a honest tax paying American. Exactly. It's out there earning. It's got social security credits. It's going to retire. It's 65 it's, early. It, it's on TikTok. It has over a million subscribers. <laughs> He's an influencer. I I just bought some beak cream because you pitched it. (laughs) All right. I like it. Yep. story part the this story comes from the star.com that's a news source more reliable than getting your news from the man in the moon yeah you don't think so you don't think uh you know the big man in the moon has some some insights into what's going on in the world <laughs> he, he stepped back far enough he can see the... a, he can see everything man <laughs> He can tell you what's going on in Mars news. He got new, he's got American news. He's got the Jupiter old news. Yeah, he's got... He can tell you what's going on in Jupiter, Florida or Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. So we talk a lot that most of these stories that we come across are just animals on the loose. And we're going to do a animals on the loose story. But these animals were on the loose for a while. That's why we're yes. doing it. Usually we'll only do it if they get wrangled in some sort of way or if they yeah, murder like the somebody. Guy, like the guy who, who wrangled a tiger that was walking down the street. Yes. Or like the bear that like made margaritas and sat in the hot tub. Yeah, I like that bear. All right, story goes, zebras on the run for months in Maryland have been captured. Finally, allow me to say. And they've renamed them Andy Dufresne and Morgan Freeman. Oh, I was going to say Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the name of Morgan Freeman's character in the Shawshank? It is Red. You're, no, no, Ellis. Well, Red is the nickname, but yeah. <laughs> that's what he goes by in the movie i just nailed it i guess so i had and to then google you said i was wrong i had to google that i'm like his name wasn't ellis and then i finally found that <laughs> two zebras running loose since escaping a maryland farm about four months ago have been caught or if you're in canada there's zebras yeah that doesn't make sense anyways Prince George's County Animal Services and the U.S. Department of Agriculture weren't involved in the capture, but were told Monday that the animals returned to their herd last week, the Washington Post reported. I like how the two agencies probably involved in this apprehension were not involved. Oh, yeah, they definitely returned. They definitely returned. (laughs) We didn't shoot them in a field. (laughs) Hey, that's a sweet zebra skin coat you have. (laughs) Yeah, right. Once they get the thing in the mail that says, like, you need to pay taxes on these wild zebras that have escaped and are wrecking people's yards. And and they're like, oh, no, no, they returned. They returned. They were totally returned. (laughs) That's someone else's zebras. (laughs) 
<laughs> in late August, the two zebras fled from an upper Marlboro farm where officials have said about 40 zebras live. Residents in the region shared sightings of the free-roaming pair on social media, and even Washington's Dell Eleanor Holmes Norton chimed in on the escape. So here's the thing. Like, you were going to buy a zebra, weren't you, at one point? Yeah. <laughs> We were looking at it. <laughs> you were looking at high mileage. <laughs> no, it was a baby zebra. Oh, yeah. Ooh. We get, well. The the reason we didn't get it is because we got to the auction too late. We got there after it had been already auctioned off. So I hope it was a, a chance. I hope the reason you were late was a traffic jam caused by zebras on the loose. <laughs> the duo was originally a trio, but one got caught in a legal snare trap on a neighboring property and died soon after the breakout. The county filed animal cruelty charges against owner Jerry Holly in October after another zebra was found dead inside the farm's enclosure. I would have been like, it totally just got caught in my neighbor's illegal snare trap as well. Yeah, why didn't they say that? Why didn't they go after the person who set the illegal snare trap? I feel like uh, that there, would be something they would be interested in pursuing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're like, well, it's illegal against bears, <laughs> but it's not. It's totally <laughs> legal against zebras. <laughs> I I didn't think that there would be a giraffe roaming my my <laughs> pasture in Maryland. Who knew the hippo would fall into my tiger pit? <laughs> Holly is accused of inflicting unnecessary suffering or pain on a zebra and failing to provide nutritious food in sufficient quantity or give the herd proper shelter. But here's the thing. In the wild, zebras don't have any shelter. They're not out there building a hutch. They're not going to the Lowe's and buying a shed kit and putting it up, not up to code. Yeah, you're, that's true. Lawyer Stephen B. Vinnick emailed the post on Tuesday saying his client has been and is a respected businessman in Prince George's County, and he looks forward to being able to show in court that there is no merit whatsoever to any of the charges pending against him. That's what a lawyer has to say, though, right? Like, Of course. Yeah, it's always like, no, he was a totally normal guy until he murdered 17 people. But up until that point, totally normal. I mean, he has 40 zebras, <laughs> but totally normal. He's totally respected in the illegal snare trap industry. <laughs> USDA inspectors said in a recent report that the zebras escaped during the unloading process. The herd was moved to Maryland from Florida over the summer, according to County Animal Services Chief Rodney Taylor. I like how it's the USDA guy. That's the guy making sure the meat is good to eat, I think. <laughs> He's like, no. zebra meat. I don't even think I've even seen that before. If I was the owner, I'd be like, and can we certify these the zebra steaks as a free range now? <laughs> yeah, a re reputable business owner in this all things zebra parts trade. Is that what he does? <laughs> they didn't say what he does. Yeah. He's hawking zebra meat, man. <laughs> He's the my pillow guy of zebra meat. <laughs> yeah. Prince George's officials worked with the animal's caretakers for weeks trying to lure the fugitives into a corral using food and other zebras. <laughs> like, look at all these zebras. They're having a good time. You remember, how you, ran, you remember how you ran away from the 40 zebras? Here, here's some different zebras. <laughs> like, That's just a dude in a paper mache mask. It's the same. Those are the same zebras. <laughs> you just painted more stripes on them. That's just a horse that you painted. <laughs> 
A Twitter parody account for the Zebras said Tuesday, well, 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 they got us. We had an amazing time, and it's all about being outside. It is. We're not, they're not at home on the Xbox. <laughs> I feel not. like those Zebras need to fire the person who's in charge of their Twitter account and get someone else. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's they all horror. about being outside is the thing that you came up with. It's yeah. Like, yeah, of course like... it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you think, Louie? It's good that they, they had a good run. It's bad that a couple of Zebras had to die, though. Yeah, it's that's kind of a bummer, and I hope uh, you know I don't know what this guy's doing with these zebras. Like, what is he? Does he have a zoo or something? Like, are people coming to see the zebra sanctuary? Is it a sanctuary? It's sort of unclear on why he has these zebras. Yeah, and I'm not down with the illegal snare trap neighbor. Yeah, what's up with that? Like, I'd get the should... HOA to force him out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> That's it for today, folks. We want to thank you so much for listening. Where can the fine people see you this week? Louie. This week, you can check me out on the 31st, performing at First Night Winchester. I've got, uh, I think, uh, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock show that night. So check that out if you're in the area. Nice. Uh, and then I'll be hanging out at an airport on the 30th and the 1st. That's exciting. <laughs> Swing by, check me out. <laughs> Where can they? I've never been to Dulles before, so I'm very excited. Where can they catch you? We... I'm not, I'm going to be home, man. I'm home from the 28th to the 4th. So this whole week. And then, uh, right before I fly out to St. Martin for an entire month. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited to be home. Actually, uh, sorry. I'm going to be in Dallas for most of that. <laughs> there goes your Kennedy okay, goes alibi. Excitement. <laughs> I was reading my calendar wrong. going to be in Dallas for the New Year's and then home for two days before I go to St. Martin. So, nice. Uh, folks, if you want to be a Patreon contributor, you can do so by clicking on the Patreon link on oddandoffbeat.com. That's right. For as little as a few bucks a month, you can support us uh, and you get cool stuff. You get like, you get like postcards from the road from exotic places such as Dallas or Winchester. Maybe St. Martin, man. <laughs> Maybe St. Martin. It's a $7 postcard that's going to take eight <laughs> weeks to arrive. We're losing money on that. <laughs> Like but, two bucks to be a Patreon <laughs> contributor. Yeah, then you then you get shout outs on the podcast, you get bonus episodes, all sorts of sweet, sweet stuff. Absolutely. And if you come across any news stories, folks, and you want to send it to us, that'd be info at oddandoffbeat.com. We welcome any and all weird news stories. No news is too weird for us. Hashtag no weird filter. <laughs> all right, folks. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Hope you have a weird new year. Oh, yeah, geez, weird uh start of twenty twenty. 22. <laughs> we are out. Bye. Thanks for listening and stay weird.